This is the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. On today's program, we're going to talk about the subject of escaping Earth or escaping planet Earth. Now, when I talk about that, I don't mean that in the sense of escapism. Uh, In other words, adopting some kind of belief system that separates you from reality. That could be a theological perspective, a philosophical perspective, some kind of false New Age Hindu. Buddhist belief system. And there are so many things in our world today that provide a temporary escape uh, from Earth. But they don't really promise you a freedom from prison Earth. They offer you the illusion of freedom from prison Earth. Now, I want to get right into something right at the start of the Paul McGuire Report. And I want you to pay close attention to some of these bullet point phrases I'm going to give you. As many of you know who have been following me, uh, the ministry, Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church, in addition to many of you who are readers of my books, all 38 of the books I've written, uh, people read them all over Earth. And one of the themes that I've been uh, researching is this concept of planet Earth being a kind of uh, simulation of a prison planet. That's just a metaphor, just merely a metaphor. But But the critical thing here is that everything that's going on now, I've been writing about and building upon the last numerous decades, a lot of time. And you'll see in my books you know, entire chapters devoted to foundational building block truths that are easy for you to grasp, easy for you to download in your mind, easy for you to process and comprehend. So go back uh, like three or four books ago when I was writing uh, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1, and then it came out in an entirely second book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 2. Now, in that book, I talked about, of course, Aldous Huxley, who's like the philosophical, scientific father of this, this what, what Alan Burroughs, the, the renegade poet and thinker, called uh, the soft machine. The soft machine is a concept that roughly says you're, you're living in a machine, but you don't know <laughs> you're living in a machine. Because the machine appears to be internally and externally a soft machine. Now, for those of you who don't know who Burroughs was, William Burroughs was, he was a cutting-edge, let's say, dark figure, counterculture author whose career spanned many decades, and his life interacted with everybody from Ken Kizzy to Timothy Leary to Kurt Cobain of Nirvana. and many artists, and, and, and a ton of uh, feature filmmakers. So Burroughs was a renegade, and he expressed that in, in his, his books. So the whole concept of the soft machine is mankind, you and I, are living in the interior of some kind of beast system. And he was not a Christian. A beast system that you could... Uh, say, is a soft machine. It's a soft machine because it it appears to be soft and comfortable, you know, et cetera, et cetera, but it's really not. In the end, it's going to devour you. And Burroughs was was very uh, attuned to that concept. Now, I wrote about Burroughs because I was reading about Burroughs when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old in Manhattan. And uh, many times on national Christian radio programs, primarily my own, the Paul McGuire Show, which was one of the largest AM and FM uh, talk radio, Christian talk radio programs in, in the nation, aired seven days a week, multiple times per day, etc. And I would tell the story about uh, how in front of, I might as well say the name, uh, in front of a group of professors, uh, now, I'm not talking, I was involved with a group of professors teaching at a seminary that I taught about, taught at. Now, I'm not talking about that seminary. I'm talking about the other seminary, which had become increasingly liberal as the years went by. And uh, 
I, I made a sarcastic joke to all the professors there, who many of them who had graduated from that seminar, another seminar that had graduated from that seminary. And I basically, and I give you a breakdown of this in my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America. I talk about William Burroughs, and one of his books was called Naked Lunch. Now, I deliberately like to uh, shell shock, if you, you will, uh, an audience that, that potentially could be full of itself. You know what I'm trying to say here? Pompous, professing to be wise men, they are fools. So I said, and it was the whole point of my two or three minute thing, it was supposed to be a very brief point of departure, a little bit of sarcasm. As I told the story of William Burroughs and uh, his uh, book, science fiction dystopian novel called, uh, well, one was The Soft Machine, this was Naked Lunch. Now, the point of it was that no matter how notorious Burroughs was, it just furthered to sell his books. He was like a counterculture rock star. So um, I, I told the story to these professors of this erudite, you know, theological seminary. I told them the story of William Burroughs and how his writing style, such as when he wrote Naked Lunch, you know, he might type out a thousand pages. This is back before computers, computer software. So he would type write, you know, like a thousand pages, uh, stream of consciousness. Then he would throw up his manuscript in the air so it randomly twirled around. And then the thousand-page manuscript, Naked Lunch, would splatter all over his office. And then he would get down on his knees and spontaneously, or randomly, if you like, rearrange the manuscript so that, in a sense, it shouldn't have had any meaning because the, the random spillage of, of the pages hitting the ground of his office should have produced meaninglessness. Now, remember, Burroughs was a genius. He was no lightweight. I mean, he was, he was like a man whose brain was on fire. And he understood things at a very, very complicated depth. So my whole point to the professors was, you employ, and it was sarcasm on my point. I hope you'll get what I was trying to tell them. I said to the professors, you know, it's very interesting that your particular theological seminary, which I was not a part of, uh, your particular uh, theological seminary employs basically the same methods of exegesis, which that's the, the uh, theological study of how to study the Old Testament and the New Testament or the Word of God. What are the rules that God has given us for interpreting the Word of God properly? And that's called exegesis. And I said, it's very interesting that the exegesis that I hear many of your professors uh, falling back upon is the, exact, is, is the exact similar exegesis that William Burroughs used in his novel, Naked Lunch. I don't even think they'd heard of Naked Lunch, and if they did, they probably thought erroneously that it was a porno book. It was not a porno book. Um, so the point was that Naked Lunch... He wrote it while he was high on heroin. Then he throws up the manuscript in the air. He scatters it randomly on the floor and then randomly reassembles it, completely randomly, and sends it into his publisher. And then, you know, as with all, with the vast majority of his books, uh, Naked Lunch becomes a mega bestseller in the counterculture crowd. And they go crazy over the whole spontaneity, you know, go with the flow aspect of, of writing. So my point to them is I was, I think the problem was that I was using a sophisticated analogy in a group of men, sadly to say, that were not sophisticated. I mean, I'm not trying to, to make myself superior. They're just not sophisticated. They were not well-read people, so they didn't get the joke. They should have got it theologically, because what I was trying to do was to teach them that there are rules to maintaining sound doctrine, and there are rules in proper biblical exegesis, or the, the rightly dividing the Word of God. And it's not randomness. It's not whatever floats into your head at the moment, you know, like a mystical tinkerbell whispering in your ear. And, and the point is, is that so much of evangelical theology today and uh, 
in some cases, charismatic theology and so-called Bible-believing theology today. So much of it is based on this loosey-goosey—no, that's not a book or a song—this <laughs> this loosey-goosey kind of wild interpretation of Scripture, okay? But that is not what the Scripture is. Scripture can't be random. It can't be uh, a naked lunch. It can't be because the author of Scripture is God himself, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, Jesus Christ, is the Word that becomes flesh. So when we look at the Word of God, or the Bible, we're looking at the Word that it becomes flesh. So the Word becomes flesh out of the divine sovereignty of Almighty God. The Word becomes flesh because of who God is, the infinite personal living God of the universe. And the Word becomes flesh because it is the central feature and nature of the triune God, the God of the Trinity, that he is composed of a triune being, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ is the Word that becomes flesh. Now, these guys didn't get it. I hope some of you got it. It was, it, it was sarcasm for the purpose of trying to, to wake people up. Now, here we are <clears throat> um, in a time period loosely defined as the Great Reset. And the Great Reset is a sociological, technological, scientific, sociological plan or program to, to reboot what was once called the New World Order but they just call it the Great Reset. And its purpose is to completely re-engineer mankind, the human race, society, going all the way down on a microscopic level to the re-engineering, to the transhumanist revolution, which is a Luciferian revolution. And I want to say that again so that that everyone fully grasps what I'm stating as as I believe a fact. Revolution, the Great Reset Revolution, is a Luciferian revolution where the Luciferian elite, by plan, by the utilization of science and technology, is creating a Great Reset or a new uh, world order based on a one world government, a one world economic system, and a one world religion. And so, right now, at this moment, this second in time and space, That is where you and I have arrived, and where the human race has finally arrived after all these thousands and thousands and thousands of years of inhabiting planet Earth. We've arrived at a a watershed moment. We've arrived at the moment of the Great Reset. And so, when, when the smoke and mirrors begins to shatter and disappear all around us, because you see, if your consciousness is in a room of smoke and mirrors, you can't. You have no vision. You just see haze and smoke and distorted, fragmentary reflections of yourself, smoke and mirrors, and you will not be able to see reality uh, properly. You will see a distorted version of reality, a synthetic reality, a uh, virtual reality, or whatever you want to call it. And so that's where the human race has finally arrived after thousands and thousands of years. Let's explain it even even further from a biblically true sense. Like, what, 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 what does he mean by this? This is what I mean by this. What I mean is the, the primary way we read the Bible and understand the truthfulness of Scripture is to, first of all, take it literally and add its plain meaning. That's the numero uno rule. And in that rule, we read the Word of God and interpret it at its plain meaning, at its obvious and plain meaning. Now, in the beginning of the Bible, we see the historical account of a guy, a powerful fallen angel, whose name is Lucifer. We also read the account of uh, a real Adam and a real Eve, the first man and first woman on planet Earth. We also read the account of Adam and Eve and uh, the Lord God who walked uh, in paradise, who walked in the Garden of Eden and fellowshiped and had a, had a very close relationship 
with Adam and Eve. Now, God revealing his intention, which is born out of love for mankind, born out of love for Adam and Eve, uh, God expresses his love to Adam and Eve and mankind by uh, basically giving them planet Earth to rule and reign, and basically giving them uh, the Garden of Eden, or paradise, where, where they are to rule and reign. And the only thing they're not allowed to do, according to God, in the Garden of Eden, or paradise, is to eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden. Because in the day that you do that, you will surely die. So Lucifer or Satan, who is indwelling a reptilian serpent-like being, is attempting to seduce Eve and then Adam spiritually. And so he, he, he begins to bombard them with lies. And the primary lie is he keeps repeating to them a lie and a falsehood that if they eat from the tree of the middle of the Garden of Eden, they won't surely die. They'll become just like God and, and have eternal life. They'll become like gods. So the primary act of deception conducted by Lucifer in the Garden of Eden towards Adam and Eve was that in the day they eat the fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden, uh, they will become like God. They will have eternal life and, and eternal powers and supernatural powers. So they disobeyed God, and, and Eve did what uh, the serpent proposed. And first she ate from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. Then Adam ate from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden of Eden. And that, like a lightning bolt from another dimension, that caused a cosmic event known in biblical history as the fall of man. When the fall of man occurred, Adam and Eve instantaneously degraded. They, their body and brains and minds received the death spirit, and they became corrupted. They became susceptible to disease and a downgrading of, of every kind. And then, as this death force uh, accelerates, um, Adam and Eve are now fallen, and they're experiencing emotions and things they never experienced before, such as they experienced uh, the fall of man. They now have a fear consciousness. They, they can get sick and get disease. They have a limited, finite lifespan, uh, and they have all these problems. And they're also scared of God, and they're not supposed to be scared of God because they ate of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden. And this makes, the, this makes them go through a radical transformation. Adam and Eve, who were created by God to be the kings and queens of planet Earth, to be the rulers and reigners of planet Earth, God uh, gave Adam and Eve this commandment not to eat from the, the tree, the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. But they did it anyway, and they began to develop a fallen nature they began to degrade, their consciousness began to, to degrade. And all of a sudden, as mankind is teetering back and forth in, in an incredibly vulnerable state of spiritual being, the devil, or Lucifer, attacks them, and they do not have the power to defend themselves. And in their moment of spiritual weakness, they, they give in to the demonic powers, and Satan or Lucifer takes advantage of their situation, and Satan or Lucifer becomes the temporary god of planet Earth. So on a temporal basis, Satan becomes the temporary god of planet Earth. And, and God allows himself to be dethroned. I mean, God could have stopped that at any moment, but he allowed himself to be dethroned, which means he, he deliberately gave up his, his right to rule and reign. And in addition to that, um, mankind uh, is vulnerable. Mankind becomes enslaved by a conqueror named Lucifer, and mankind loses its authority to rule and reign over planet Earth. And they are now prisoners or slaves on a prison planet. So from that moment forward in time, Adam and Eve 
have been, and they have passed it on to you and I through our DNA. Adam and Eve have been prisoners or slaves on this prison planet known as planet Earth. And they no longer have the, the authority or the right to rule and reign. And this gives Satan or Lucifer and the fallen angels the opportunity to lead a coup or a spiritual revolution in the spiritual realm where they attempt to take over permanently planet Earth. And so this great saga that you and I are involved in, whether we know it or not, the great saga, or what I call the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world, one of my other recent books, is a a description of this age-long struggle between good and evil, which will eventually wrap up in an all-out battle between Jesus Christ, who's Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and when Jesus Christ descends upon planet Earth, along with the armies of heaven, Jesus Christ descends upon uh, the Battle of Armageddon and destroys Lucifer, the Luciferian armies, the fallen angel armies, and all those people, all those men and women who have accepted the mark of the beast, 666, all men and women who have accepted the mark of the beast are under the, the beast system or the control system. So on a scientific level, this is the realization of this is the realization of the scientific game plan known as transhumanism. And that is man whose soul is now warped uh, by Lucifer and Satan and the fallen angels. Man has been corrupted and man uh, seeks to regain, man seeks to become God. Man seeks to uh, uh, be post-human or transhuman through, through technology and science and mathematics and physics and other very high-end sciences, such as genetic science, genetic engineering, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Lucifer attempts to become the god of this earth. And we are in, right now, the very culmination of this age-long cosmic battle. So, we're going to get into this some more in just a moment. And I'm going to ask you to visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Make sure you uh, read those passages of Scripture. You can get a big discount on my brand new book, Power from on High, and my book, The Greatest Battle, and uh, Prophecy of the Future of America. And you can get a discount on a whole bunch of my books right now uh, at at great savings by simply going to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. This is Paul McGuire. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. And in a moment, we're coming back, and we're going to expose the, the awful hidden agenda behind the Great Reset, what it's really all about in terms of the Luciferian endgame. This is Paul McGuire. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Where is the global reset going? The World Economic Forum, WEF, the Bank of International Settlements, kind of the global world bank. The World Health Organization, WHO, the United Nations, all have a master plan. And they have created what, in effect, could be described as an invisible prison that has been built digitally and electronically for you. And and for the first time since the very dawn of mankind, all the pieces are coming together now like never before to control the global population. And this digital prison is already mostly built, but when it's finished, it will be the final lockdown of mankind. I mean, when you understand the implications of this being the final lockdown of mankind, you understand how satanic, dark, and devious this is. I read a quote from an article from Dr. Mercola. Now, this is the name of the game. The name of the game is to take all these crisis... um, 
catastrophes, crisis events, chaos events that are threatening every aspect of our society. The, the name of the game is to take all these major crisis events and then attempt to solve them. For example, an international vaccine passport, having your, your entire identity, a digital identity, a social credit system like the one in communist China, and a central bank digital currency, a CBDC, uh, form a digital control system that will lock down the population basically forever. So, so an analyst from, from an entire spectrum of sciences and technology will tell you that right now, <clears throat> all of these individual sciences and technologies are creating, are designed to create a digital control system that will lock down the population of planet Earth as if they were uh, being locked down in a prison planet for the rest of their lives with no escape. And the, the ultimate aspect of the technology that will serve as both a surveillance technology and a lockdown technology is what is known as a digital um, they, they used to say, and I used to write about the microchip implant, the biochip implant, et cetera, et cetera. But now the preferred terminology is all the people on planet Earth, in order to buy and sell, in order to be tracked, in order to get on the airplane or whatever, have to receive this nanotechnology, which is a self-replicating nanotechnology that will be connected on a wireless 5G and even far more powerful level, this nanotechnology, a wireless, more powerful than 5G technology, will connect every individual on planet Earth to a low-flying uh, satellite, to uh, computer systems all over the world, and you will be plugged in, lock, stock, and barrel into a matrix system that is so, so far beyond the, the Matrix system conceived by the filmmakers who, who produced, wrote, and directed the Matrix series. And, and I, I give you the comparison of all that in my book, Conquering the Matrix, which you should get as part of uh, a package that will help you understand what's going on. Now, I've been writing about this, like I said, for decades. So if you go back to one of my earlier books, A Prophecy of the Future of America, or The Day the Dollar Died, some of those books. I, I will quote Zbigniew Brzezinski, who was the co-founder of the Trilateral Commission with uh, Rockefeller. His daughter was, what, Maya Brzezinski or something on one of those like ridiculous uh, news outlets. But in his 1976 book, uh, Brzezinski wrote about the future society the future of society. He wrote this in 1976. I have many of the most important quotes that he wrote. I've selected them for you and, and embedded them in my book, uh, A Prophecy of the Future of America, and the other books that I mentioned. And he just came right out and said that in the very near future, and remember, he was an insider. He was uh, part of the Council on Foreign Relations. He was a a hardcore globalist, and he, and he was talking about that in the near future, we will have the necessary sur electronic digital surveillance technology that will give us this absolute power over the human race in terms of electronic surveillance, microchip implants, satellite uh, to brain technologies, mind reading, mind control technologies. All of these technologies will be available for our usage in the very, very near future. Now, when you read the quotes and the analysis I did on Brzezinski in my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, the first thing you're going to ask yourself is, how is it that he knew everything that was going to happen right now in America and the rest of the world? He knew it all. And how did he know it all? He knew it all because he was an insider. And this plan that you're seeing unfold all around us is not an accident. It's not random chance. This plan that you see unfolding all around us, called the Great Reset, has been planned for thousands and thousands of years. And I don't expect you to believe that, but I expect you to read my books that I've mentioned. 
I expect you to read them and look at the proof and the documentation I've assembled in in, in an easy-to-read fashion. Look at the proof and documentation that I've provided for you that shows you they've been planning this for thousands of years, going all the way back to ancient Babylon and before. So, what is the Great Reset? Remember, we're dealing with people and entities and interdimensional beings and fallen angels and principalities and powers. We're we're dealing with beings that primarily inhabit the spiritual dimension. And they're highly intelligent, very intelligent, especially with technology and science. We're dealing with very powerful interdimensional beings that have actually come to Earth from another dimension. That's not far-fetched. If you think it's far-fetched, it's because you don't read your Bible. If you're, if you're talking to somebody that, that, you know, is a friend or an acquaintance or whatever, and you tell them this stuff, and they think, you know, you're making it up, this is crazy, it isn't in the Bible, that's just proof that they're not reading their Bible, because it, the Bible is filled with disinformation. And I, I break down this information for you in my books. Now, um, Lucifer has planned this from the beginning. <clears throat> Why? Because Lucifer was the first transhumanist. It had been his desire from the beginning to to seize the throne room of God and to to be God and to be worshipped as God in the the rebuilt temple of God uh, in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. And it's Satan's goal uh, to, to, to take over planet Earth using this counterfeit heaven uh, technology. And, and so this revolution that you and I are in the midst of, we have to understand what is the nature of this revolution, what is it really about, and what is this revolution going to really bring us? Not what is this revolution promising us, because that's irrelevant. It's, it's more important to know what is this revolution actually bringing us, and what we discover, and I wrote all about it and give you facts and information in my book, Power from on High, which you can get now at a discount at paulmcguire.us. To put it really simple, when you're talking about the Great Reset, you're talking about the rebranding of communism, Marxism, and socialism, and hardcore totalitarianism. That's what you're talking about. And all these insiders like Brzezinski and Rothschild and Rockefeller and Gates and all the other people, the, the, the people with the endless deep pockets, are essentially uh, full speed ahead running a coup d'etat on planet Earth right now, where they, because they, they believe that they're the rightful rulers of planet Earth because they're the servants of Lucifer, and as the servants of Lucifer, they're attempting to to dominate and control and enslave every man, woman, and child on planet Earth. And because they're transhumanists, that means they believe that they can invent the technology, the science, the digital, the AI, that they can invent all this stuff at the highest level possible, and that they can become gods on Earth, just like Lucifer wants to become a god on Earth. So this is the essential truth that we have to. We have to grasp this truth. We can't walk around in a state of perpetual denial or cognitive dissonance and play make-believe that, oh, gee, this stuff isn't going to happen. Look, hey, wake up and smell the coffee. It is happening now. So, as I said, the Chinese government remotely switched all the protesters' COVID passports to co-red. So all the people that were demonstrating... um, they were they were having a massive demonstration regarding uh, the smart cities, the surveillance from the phones, uh, the the social smart uh, card scores. Uh, the people have had it in China, and so what they what they have done uh, is they there has been a huge amount of riots. Uh, in China, and many American authors or European journal- journalists are saying, quote, China demonstrates com- coming prison state. Okay, what you have to understand is that the prison state that that uh, 
communist China is already operating under. It is this exact system, this exact China uh, prison state system that is coming to America and other European nations all over planet Earth. It is the model for the future, and it has been for many decades. When you grab my book before it's out of stock, because this is the holidays, I'm talking about specifically the book, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. When you grab a copy of that book, you will see uh, some sizable chapters about Rockefeller and how Rockefeller went to communist China shortly after the communist Chinese revolution, where the communist dictator Chairman Mao slaughtered like hundreds of millions of people. He massacred them to death. And, and yet Rockefeller uh, openly praised China as the perfect working model of the perfect government and society that every nation on planet Earth should aspire to. And America should aspire to be far, far more like China. Now, Rockefeller is not an idiot. Whatever he is, he's not stupid. And he was praising communist China for their dictatorship style of government. And he knew full well about the, the, the massive deaths. Now, decades and decades later, and by the way, the New York Times, as they always did, they, they printed a free, gigantic one-page editorial about this written by Rockefeller, where Rockefeller praises communist China. So the global elite, of whom Rockefeller is one of the key leaders, the globalist elite, um, they, they want this kind of system by faith and ask him by faith to pour out upon us what the Bible calls power from on high. Unless we have this supernatural power or this power from on high, we cannot be the overcomers God wants us to be, and we cannot defeat Satan and his fallen angels. Okay, we're, we're going to be back in just a second. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. The battle that we're facing is spiritual. It's informational. It's about content. It's about uh, truth. It's about defeating deception at every level. And the way you win a spiritual battle of this nature is you have to wage war spiritually using spiritual weapons and targeting your enemies in the invisible realm. And then you don't try to overcome your enemies with your own uh, human strength. You overcome your enemies by receiving the, the power from on high that Jesus Christ promised the church that if the disciples would tarry in Jerusalem until the fathers poured out power from on high, or the dunamis, or the dynamite, or the explosive power of God, upon his church, God said, we'll only win the battle to the degree that we will receive by faith what Jesus called power from on high. And so, yeah, we can win this spiritual battle, no question about it. But we don't win the battle on our own limited human strength. We win the battle by receiving power from on high, as the early disciples did. The moment we really do that and quit faking like we're doing that, is the moment that the turnaround in the great spiritual battle occurs. And I need you to stand with me in Paul McGuire Ministries in Paradise Mountain Church, and I need you to join with me now. Join with me in spiritual battle and waging war in spiritual battle through evangelism, saving souls, winning souls, preaching the truth, preaching the gospel through all technology uh, possible and doing it in the most effective and strategic manner possible. When we do that the way God wants us to do it, we will occupy until Christ comes. And that's what the command of Jesus is, that we, we're not slaughtered until he comes, that we occupy until he comes. And we have a moment in time to do that. So I'm asking you to join with me and financially support Paul McGuire Ministries in Paradise Mountain Church. I'm asking you to be an intercessory prayer warrior with me. I'm asking you to spread this message far and wide to as many people as you possibly can. And together, we can create a, a supernatural and a divine inertia, which creates an energy system ignited by the Spirit of God that will prevail upon the earth in, a, in an authentic and biblical last days 
revival. So visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Get the books and resources you need. Spread the videos and all the free information we have at paulmcguire.us. And we'll be back in just a moment. This is Paul McGuire with the Paul McGuire Report. Okay, so all of these so-called solutions to all these crisis events, manufactured crisis, manufactured chaos, and then the man-made solutions to them, the man-made solutions are designed to rearrange the society, designed to funnel money throughout societies and systems on a global level, and are designed to lock down uh, by the end of 2022, there will be 1 billion data collecting surveillance cameras in the world, all connected to the internet and artificial intelligence. 1 billion cameras hidden everywhere. Cameras and audio recording devices and cell phones automobiles, and smart appliances also collect and share data. And by the way, Brzezinski, back in 1976, wrote all about this in his book, Between Two Worlds. And and I analyze everything that he wrote and his projections, which are are happening now in my book, Power from Online. Um, All these data are then given to each person and individual score. So, So every person on planet Earth is going to be walking around, some bureaucrat or some robot is going to be monitoring their every move, and there's going to be a digital score over a television screen as you're looking at all these individuals, a digital score that's either moving higher numerically or it's moving lower numerically. Thus, it's it's a constantly reacting social credit score system. And every, this then allows for total control and domination of every individual on planet Earth based on if their social credit score is going up or down. So if you litter, you would go down a few points, and you could see it on camera. If you were caught reading your Bible, even though you had it hidden in some small restaurant in the dark, that could end up sending you to prison and plummet your social credit score system. So this is a nightmare, nightmare George Orwell 1984 world, a total nightmare um, with a total control system. And what some people think that the easiest way to push against this system is to starve artificial intelligence of data by refusing to use technologies that collect and share your personal data. Now think about that for a moment. You're not a victim of all the data and information you're sending out about yourself and the people you know. You're not a victim to that. You're a participant in that. To the degree that you choose to utilize AR, artificial intelligence, social media technology, and other technology, to the degree that you're using those social media technologies is to the degree uh, that you're empowering them to control every microscopic aspect of your life. So if it's a social media company and it pulls you or your friends off that social media because you talk positively about your relationship with Jesus Christ, well, look, wake up. You're empowering that social media company to do just that. You need to support and use and visit uh, the other social media companies. Now, at our website, paulmcguire.us, you'll see that we have a whole bunch of social media companies for you to use to watch our programs and listen to our programs, etc., etc. The reason we still keep some of the larger and the older social media companies as as potential alternative programs is because we know that not everybody who listens or watches us has made the transition yet. So we can't be, you know, we it's a, it's a strategic timing when we cut the umbilical cord, so to speak. Because quite honestly, I don't think Christians in the long term should be supporting and empowering social media companies that are adversarial to, to, to Christianity and the Christian belief system. Um, so these social credit systems, these central bank digital 
currencies um, are many times built in America and used all over the world. And they're being used in their own writing, in their own reports from these mega tech corporations. They are now coming together openly to control the global population. That means they're going to control you in terms of what you can think, how you behave, et cetera, et cetera. Don't, 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 don't tell me this is far-fetched. It's been happening in China for, for a long time, and it is already happening in the rest of the world. And that means, you know, if you're using a particular search engine and stuff because you, it's friendly or you like the, the graphics, but they're always attacking Christians and undermining Christians. That's not a wise thing because you're financing uh, an adversary. Okay, again, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. If you want to know where the global reset is heading in America, we're in various stages of isolation, social isolation, various stages of quarantine, various stages of restriction from getting on planes or traveling from state to state. Notice how in America and other nations, but specifically in America, notice the increase in the the number of lockdowns. And what this is all about is getting the population psychologically used to obeying compliance and preparing them mentally, programming them mentally, programming them psychologically uh, to function like robots. Now, in in China, the people are rebelling from this. As Americans are falling asleep, the Chinese are waking up to it. And maybe it's because uh, in China, there was a gigantic Chinese iPhone factory where the workers uh, clashed with police as COVID protests turned violent. And I just want you to hear, you're not going to hear this in American media. It will be censored from American media. But here's just a little soundbite of, you know, it looks like countless thousands, tens of thousands and thousands and thousands of people who work in a cell phone manufacturing plant, and they're fighting back for their freedoms. Listen to their voices. And this is from Communist China. because some stupid machine says hi to you in the morning by name and, and can quote some things about who you really are, that doesn't mean that that AI device or that cyborg device or that Android device is your friend. In many cases, it's your jailer. But you better wake up to it before it's too, it's, before it's too late. Now, all of this is what we have to understand. All of this provides the people behind the World Economic Forum uh, the uh, social contract, uh, this new technology, it provides them with endless opportunities to control you and enslave you and take control of your finances. You know, this is the tragedy, and that's why I want you to get my books, read them, and lend them to people. The overwhelming majority of Christians and just plain old people that you know don't even know that this new social contract, what what it is. The World Economic Forum says we've signed on to their new social contract. But most people don't have a clue as to what the social contract is that they allegedly signed or how it will affect their personal day-to-day lives and individual decision-making ability. Obviously, there has never been, this obviously has never been Uh, clearly explained, because if it was fully understandable by everyone, virtually no one on earth would accept it. Did you hear that? The the, the success is in the confusion and the delusion. If fully understood by everyone, the new social credit system, um, virtually no one on planet earth would accept it. Do you understand that? That's like having somebody run for president and getting zero votes. That's how bad this thing is. After all, few people with normal intelligence relish having their lives dictated by by somebody else in communist China or Washington, D.C. or whatever. 
So this is these are some bullet point areas of how your personal individual digital identity will interconnect electronically and digitally with all these spheres in your life and, and many others. You will be you will be merged with your healthcare. You will be merged with your financial services, bank accounts, online transactions. You will be merged with the kind of food you eat and how the kind of food you eat uh, relates to helping sustainability for farmers and consumers to uh, verify uh, provenance of produce to enhance value and traceability in supply chains. Okay, so this is very important. Whether you know it or not, you already have a nanochip implant in your body, brain, or, or part of your biological being. It, it is an activated transmitter and receiver. And people all over planet Earth have that. And through wireless technology, you are interconnected with the hive mind, the world brain, satellites, and massive computer systems everywhere. These artificial intelligent computers are monitoring and conducting surveillance and keeping massive electronic records on the food you eat and how it relates to sustainability. So let's say you just, you know, you're, you're one of those people that always uses paper bags, not plastic bags. And, and think of a list of 100 things that you could be doing theoretically, allegedly, to improve your, your sustainable uh, Earth goals and, and help make planet Earth greener and environmentally more friendly. Well, these computers are tracking every second of your life to determine whether or not you're a good global citizen or a bad global citizen. Now, wake up and listen to what I'm saying and come out of your blanking trance state and, and take a whiff of reality and, and smell the coffee and wake up. I'm, I'm deadly serious. Wake. You know what I was going to say? You know what I was going to say and I almost did say it. Not, on, on, not because of you, but because there's so many people that are apathetic. They're keeping records on everything. Do you think that that's just cute? That, that you don't think that, that they don't have ulterior motives? Let's revisit history. And I talk about this dynamic, by the way, in my book, Power from on High, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, Conquering the Matrix, The Day the Dollar Died. Ooh, and many of my other books available to you now at a discount. And what I learned is that in every society, that had technology of any kind, like Adolf Hitler's Nazi Germany, Communist Russia, Communist China, Communist Cuba, etc., to the degree that they had the computer systems, the mind control, the technologies available to spy on their people, when they were erecting these early, early on surveillance systems, like IBM, and I talk about this whole story with IBM in my book, The Day the Dollar Died, IBM built Nazi Germany's first and initial uh, tracking system, and some of you may remember what it looked like because they used to use it in the public schools. And you get like a like an index card with square punch holes, and it, it might have ten index cards, and you would mark a paper through the square indent holes with a lead pencil. Then you would feed that data and information into a computer, and it would keep you know uh, hundreds and hundreds of data points about you. Like, like, were you a big fan of Adolf Hitler? Were you a good Nazi? You know, they want to know that. All dictatorships want to know if you're a good Nazi. They're not, they're not going to always use the word Nazi. They may use the word sustainable as a synonym. Wake up and understand what's happening. You're being spied on. Right now, we're in the seduction phase. That's the equivalent of a naive guy or a naive girl who, who thinks after one date they've met, met the, 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 the love of their life and the, the person they're going to get married to. Okay, so you're in the seduction and the, uh, date, and the, dating, in the dating phase. You're in the seduction phase. You're head over heels in love. But what you don't really understand, because you're not thinking rationally, you're thinking like you're, like you're in a trance, what you don't understand is that all these, you know, these ecstatic feelings of being in love, the, the, the romantic high and stuff, that all of that, under the best of circumstances, cannot be an everyday, 24-7 emotional experience. You're going to come down, baby, off that cloud, 
sooner or later. And so, right now we're in the euphoria stage. So it's kind of like we're going to the high school dance together, and and you know you the, the, your ideal dream dancer chose you to dance with them at the high school dance. Well, social media exploits those psych- states of psychological being, and you are being set up in this global digital identity, uh, global reset, global artificial intelligence. So you're going to be connected on wireless technology to all telecommunications. That means satellite, uh, monitoring devices, laptops, to uh, sensors which are transmitting data, such as energy usage. Oh, you claim to be concerned about the environment. You get a letter or, or notice. You claim to be concerned about the environment. But the way you're using electricity, gas, and water our records show, because we've been you're under surveillance, our records show that you don't have sufficient um, concern for the sustainability of planet Earth. And we have been transmitted data on your home that says you are consuming uh, way more than you should of your allotted amount of water, energy, and so on and so forth. Then you're electronically connected to e-government to access and use services, file taxes, vote, collect benefits. Social platforms for social interactions to access third-party services that rely on social media logins. E-commerce to shop, to to conduct business transactions, secure payments. Humanitarian, now listen to this one carefully. Humanitarian response to access services to demonstrate qualifications to work in a foreign country. But humanitarian purpose is simply propaganda words. It's you're using the disguise words of you're, you're a person using electronics for humanitarian purposes, when in reality, under the disguise of humanitarian purposes, you're using them for ruthless or selfish purposes, like maybe breaking the law and, and with human trafficking and other horrors. Travel and mobility. You're electronically connected. You can travel anywhere in the world. Now, let's. This gets this this uh, electronic interaction between you and the rest of the world keeps growing, keeps going, keeps growing, and and the goal is to get the entire world to accept the loving, smiling face and to get everyone into the digital ID system. So, preventing the adoption of vaccine passports is a central component of resistance to the digital prison system in entirety. And then here's an expert, and this is what he says. Once we accept digital identity, it's game over for humanity. Aman Jabi. You must also reject the vaccine passport unless you're willing to be a medical lab rat for the rest of your life. Z cites documents stating 500 new vaccines will be ready by 2030. Can you? They're going to jab you, stick you, poke you with every vaccine under the sun. And I'll leave it there. And they're targeting the most common diseases, like the common cold. It's likely that that having an up-to-date vaccination status will be one of your requirements to maintain a valid passport, total control, which will also serve as your digital identity. In other words, vaccine refusal can be used to nullify or lock down your digital ID, leaving you unable to do, go, or buy anything. The question is, what will those vaccines be? Basically, you'll have no choice but to comply, even if you believe or know that the vaccine can injure or kill you, as in the case of the COVID jabs. And I want to simply say, uh, from a legal standpoint, I'm not a doctor. I don't make medical analysis. But according to the expert as the source of this article, um, you are, it is alleged by many medical experts that that a vaccine can potentially injure you or kill you. Now, obviously, not all all vaccines do that because a lot of people who have vaccines that are not, that have not been injured or killed. But it's your responsibility to check out the facts. And if you're only permitted and allowed to go to those websites and those blog sites that actually print the truth and the facts, 
if you can no longer or you're now intimidated or afraid to go to those websites that provide the real facts for you about vaccines, etc., then they can keep you out of fear of having your social credit uh, score system diminished. They can wall you off like a prisoner by, by keeping you away from any information that they think Big Brother doesn't want you to have. There's a dark side to this. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? There's a dark side to this. Now, how do we how do we uh, uh, deal with this? Because this thing's coming on us like like a monster, and it's very aggressive. And their goal um, is um, to restrict where you can go electronically and digitally by creating smart cities, which will form the walls of your prison. Yes, on a computer map, you will essentially live in a prison. If you go out of your boundary area or your quarantine area electronically, just like a prisoner in prison, the, uh, you'll have the digital nanochip equivalent of, a, of, of what a prisoner would have. Uh, on his uh, ankle. Uh, smart cities are already being promoted as the preferable place to live. And your smart car can be programmed to shut down pa- past a particular block. In these smart cities, which are being put together now, they're designed to limit your mo- mobility, eliminate car ownership. I want you to remember that I told you this years before it exploded. Their game plan is to eliminate private car ownership. You're saying, no, that can't possibly happen. I look around here in California and everybody's driving new cars. That may be true. But the goal is they want you in total dependence upon them. So they're going to eliminate car ownership and replace it with um, car rental. An entire different mindset. And they can control you or take away privileges. Based on that, they can control you through weaponized surveillance. They can punish you. You know, I mean, they're going to control every. If you think they're bluffing, you have another big, another big sequence of thoughts coming. They're not bluffing. They're going to control you through weaponized surveillance. They are going to electronically and digitally ration your water, electricity, and gas consumption. And one way to do that is announce. Oh, we're having a drought crisis. Oh, we're having a heat wave. Oh, we're having this and that. And every time you turn around in California and many places in the United States, there's always, always, always some kind of environmental weather catastrophe, water catastrophe, heat catastrophe, catastrophe, catastrophe. And it's all designed so that they can electronically ration new smart meters on the side of your house, your water, electricity, and gas consumption. And surveillance of your speech, all of your speech, going back to when you first had a cell phone, going back, you have had mass surveillance um, conducting recordings of your speech, your ideas, your conversations, your beliefs, your term papers. All your metadata has been collected and recorded going back decades and decades. And for some of you, it's been going back for far longer than that. You have constant surveillance of your speech. You think it's there out of cuteness, the cuteness factor? No, it's there because this is the beginning of the rise of a totalitarian state. Track your actions and whereabouts 24-7. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm in bed (laughs) during some of those hours. Starve the beast. And then this expert, have I, says the way that you can fight back against this beast system is he quotes the the secret formula created by the World Economic Forum's philosophical guru, Yuval Noah Harari, to describe the technocrats' ever-growing ability to attract humans. B times C times D equals A-H-H. This is his formula. B stands for biological knowledge. C is computing knowledge. D is data, and AHH is the level of ability to hack a human being. Remember, it is now a fact that human beings are hackable. If you think 
human beings being hackable is fake news, it's because you don't have a brain to process the information with. Human beings have been hackable for, for, for a long time. The ability to hack humans is dependent on AI, artificial intelligence, being fed a constant stream of data. And they are fed a constant stream of data about you through your, through your uh, tsunami of electronic and social media toys that you've acquired. It's a beast system in the sense that AI is the beast, just like in the book of Revelation, and it needs to be fed. Its food is data, gathered through a vast array of data conduits, such as cameras, recording devices, devices, facial recognition, GPS, and sensors of all kinds that make up the Internet of Bodies. You can learn more about this. This is from a global research. They, they have some interesting articles about this. Okay, so I'm, I'm just giving you a snippet. And, and if you want to see what this is all going to look like, all you have to do is search. You don't have to go around the censorship, but check out some of the videos being smuggled out from communist China and, and how communist China functions like a, a prison state. And it, it controls its people through this social surveillance code. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. Get yourself a copy of my new book, Power from on High, and the other books. They're available at a financial discount. May the Lord be with you. God bless you. Your brother in Christ, Paul McGuire. <music>